right, welcome back to another edition of Tailgate Season, where it is always a bad day to be a beer. Presented by the Cold Cans Network, I'm Logan, sitting here with my co-host Jordan, and once again, one of my favorite Wolfpack special guests, Mr. Cold Can contributor Kenshin Taylor, is joining us this week. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and click the link in that description where it says click here to leave us a voicemail. Let us know your thoughts on this show, thoughts on the tournament, thoughts on maybe a little bit of the NC State UNC week we just had. Uh, the recap of the basketball game. We'd love to hear from you. We'll play it on the show. And then check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com, for blog content and merch because we have a brand new hat, brand new T-shirt, pocket T-shirt, the very softest material, the comfort colors. You know how. And those of us that are a little bit on the chunky side, it's made for the big boys. So make sure you get one of those T-shirts. And again, the hats, Jordan, we talked about it last week. You're not going to find a better price for this top quality of a hat anywhere on the Internet other than coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. No, absolutely not, especially for how good they look. And like you said, you know, we like those shirts for the bigger. We're not massively big, but I don't like my shirt being uh, too sticky to me. You know, don't let the dryer eat it up a little bit. So those comfort colors do make a difference. Oh, they definitely do. It doesn't shrink on you. Doesn't, uh, you know, it, it what's that uh, ad? Have you guys seen the T-shirt ad I've seen on Instagram where it says dress uh, less like dad and more like daddy, <laughs> where it's like these are T-shirts are made for the boys with beer bellies. <laughs> Everybody loves a beer belly. <laughs> Dude, I have not seen that one. I hope the Instagram algorithm catches that and, and uh, throws it on mine next time I'm scrolling through. Kench is going to be like, buy five of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. You know no, it. They crack me up, dude. Every single time I see it, I start laughing. <laughs> oh, man. Thank, thank you for having me back on the show, guys. Uh, I, love, I love that you guys called me after State had beat Carolina Jordan. Yeah, and yeah. just tap danced on his grave. You know, they, had, they chanted three letters during... The game right there at the uh, end. Uh, Two words, N-I-T. one feeling. N-I-T. 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 Hey, you know, Jordan, love it. Shout out uh, loyal listener, Taylor. This one's for you, buddy. To As I said last week, to quote Kevin Nash in the NWO Wolfpack back in 1998 on Monday Nitro, Wolfpack in the house. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even talking about that, but I digress. <laughs> Like we like to say here. Uh, yeah, I was a little upset with that. Glad I won money because I did take state uh, covering the spread. But uh, that was a tough one to swallow. And it's just it's just like it's uh, it's if Carolina wins, it's, you know, nothing normal. But it's the Super Bowl if state wins. I don't know how that goes. But whatever, man. I'll it's about it. like when you guys maybe win a game in football. That's how, how it feels for y'all. It, it's not a rivalry, though. It's not I mean, a robbery. It's, it's pretty apparent. It's not yeah. a robbery. It's just another game. Coach Keats said it. He goes, it's not a robbery, right? With a smirk on his face. Love that move. Oh, let me, let me, He's tapping into his inner salty Dave. I love that. Let me get the rest. Let me get my sunglasses on here. Uh, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Here. <clears throat> you like yeah, the sunglasses, Jordan? Yeah, they're uh, uh, whatever, man. Whatever y'all want to do, hey, I hope you instead keeps, and I hope it's great. I hope y'all enjoy his tenure. Before we get into some a little bit of tournament tournament talk, a little bit of Lenardi talk, I do have to shout out my boy Armando Baycott for missing two free throws. 
I enjoyed the hell out of that free sandwich, my man, because whenever you miss two free throws in the second half against NC State at PNC, free chicken sandwiches for everybody in the Raleigh area, and you bet your ass I got mine. And it tasted just as good because it was Armando Baycott missing two free throws. I'm glad y'all get that. We get uh, Carolina gets fucking Pringles. (laughs) (laughs) What? For real? Dude, it used to be biscuits. Y'all get Pringles? That's a hundred. You get Pringles now that you have to scan the code. Up top. And you might not even get the fucking Pringles, but you have to scan the code at the top and only a certain amount gets Pringles. Then they send you a voucher that you have to go to the store and buy the fucking Pringles and all the and get it back. And it's like, you know what? This is not even worth it. I, I don't even care if you miss two free throws at the second half of this point when I'm at the D because who cares about the Pringles? <laughs> it's about, I mean, Pringles. I mean, that's not even a really a good kind of like get. No, and, and we don't have beer at the thing, though. So there's another. It's <laughs> another thing. Jordan, I, I'm starting to think that the older you get, the more you're more in line with our fan base. I know you'll never switch teams, but. No, I know, will not it, be in line. It's for with the that culture, my man, and the culture at our school you <laughs> like a lot better. There's a lot of I'm things just I saying, hate. And uh, State is one of them. State <laughs> is one of them. A lot of things. Their fans, yeah. their school, all the bricks, the color. I don't know. It's a lot of things. But uh, I'm tired of getting bombarded by you two. So, Kitchen, you know what? Maybe you're not coming back on anymore because I don't want to <laughs> deal with this shit anymore. All right? I ought to get it up slogan. Now I got to get it from you. I don't want to listen to this shit anymore. Hey, we have a good year about once every 10 years, and we have a really good year about once every 25. So let us have our moment in the sun. He can't argue with because he knows it's true. No, I'm just <laughs> he knows it's true. Next topic, I'm done with this shit already. We ain't even got to the part of the show, but I'm already ne- tired of it. Never fear, America. We will return to the recap of the NC State-UNC game. But first, let's talk a little bit about Joe Lenardi. During the broadcast, ESPN, in their infinite wisdom, decided they wanted to bring Joe Lenardi on, not at the half, but during the middle of the first half to talk about bracket talk. And there was a lot of Tar Heel talk with this. Jordan, I know from talking to you during the game via text, this did not sit well with you. So I cede the floor to the congressman from Runner Rapids. Tell me, why did Joe Lenardi piss you off? Well, you know, it's like that old thing when the Colts were drafting and it was either Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. And there's a quote that says, who the fuck is Mel Kuyper? Well, that's what I was thinking with Lenardi. <laughs> was it Jim Irsay? <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck is uh, Joe Lenardi? What the hell does he do? Because he was going on about gibberish and it really pissed me off because he was just shitting all over the acc and i get that the acc is not what they usually are they're not but you gotta give it to them they're better than the big 10 and we'll go into that a little deeper but for joe lenardi to tell me that or say on the thing that uva is not as good as a tennessee just because that that made me very pissed off and then they he kept on with that and look i was fine i know carolina's on the bubble in fact they might they might as well go ahead and be out like the second four out i mean i know they're out um but it's the way that he was going i want to know why how does espn get away with this shit with letting him just talk about all this stuff because it's all a guess but for him to just sit there and say that he was comparing that the SEC was uh, just as good as the Big 12. And that really pissed me off, too, because that's not the case. The Big 12 is the best conference in basketball, and it's not even close. Um, and so just to hear that from him just really set me off after the loss 
knowing that we lost that too. It made it a whole lot worse. And I'll just say it. Fuck you, Joe Lenardi. I'm not listening to your shit anymore. I will say that, like, I was at the game on Sunday, so I didn't get to hear Joe Lenardi shit on the ACC during a broadcast of two ACC teams playing against each other. That's the thing I kind of have beef with is I understand, you know, he's got a, you know, he does his own thing. You know, he, he's, he's being his little biased or whatever. He's but Joey Brackett. Have you heard shit on the, ESPN? I know. I know. If you're going to shit on the ACC, do it during a big 10 game, do it during a big 12 game. Don't do it during an ACC game, unless you're just out there for the clicks. And then all respect to my boy, Joey Brackett's though. But I do agree with Jordan. I think he's a basement uh, loser. Uh, he probably plays Dragon Dungeons and Dragons down there in the in the cave or whatever they call that shit that he he says he does and goes through all this stuff. I can name at least ten guys I follow right now on Twitter that are so much better bracketologists than Joey Lenardi it will ever be. Yep, and but no, ESPN has to employ him, and we have to listen to him when we watch ESPN shows. And he's get he's getting to the point where it's just like anytime he comes on the air, I'm done. I'm not listening to this shit anymore. My my issue is with ESPN. I have a lot of issues with ESPN, but the main one I have for this particular topic is the fact that ESPN has two properties that for two conferences that they kind of like quote unquote have a grant of rights to is the SEC and the ACC. But even the ACC network guys are talking about how weak the ACC is. It does not make sense to me. If you look at the eye test, you look at actually anything other than the net. The net is so ridiculous that if NC State loses tomorrow at 9 p.m. against Wake Forest, right, then Wake Forest, the win we had against them in Winston-Salem becomes a quad one win, right? But if we beat them, it remains, it remains a quad two win. How does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. It, it penalizes you for winning ballgames. That's not how it should be. On top of that, the ACC beat the Big Ten head-to-head in the final ACC Big Ten Challenge. Does that not count for anything? I do not give a shit that Rutgers may have beat the dog out of Wake Forest at one point because that did happen. But you know what? It's the conference with the Rutgers. The fact that Rutgers is in a conference with any legitimacy is ridiculous to me. Ask anybody from Miserable and Reckless. We'll tell you that. And I, I just don't see how you watch. You, you use the eye test. That's what my, my boy Mark Packer always talks about back when Packer and Durham was still a thing, missed that show, RIP. But he used to talk about the eye test all the time. It's a better test than all these metrics when, depending on if you don't, if you win by 15 instead of 18, you can drop in the net. That makes no sense to me. I, I yeah. just think that it's a ridiculously flawed system. And the ACC has suffered two years in a row, where last year the Big Ten conference with Rutgers for those that have listened for a while they act like that oh it was the best conference in college basketball well they they made nine teams into the field not a single one made it past sweet 16 the ACC got five bids three of those went to the elite eight two to the final four again which one had the better tournament success wasn't the conference with the Rutgers yeah it's 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 getting to the point well you know only thing that matters is March I mean, you can throw everything else out the window. If you if you run the table in March and make it, I, I'd say arguably, if you make it to the second weekend, then you've had a successful March most of the time. Um, and so 
like you said, the ACC, they even had two in the Final Four, the ACC, last year. And one in the National Championship game that lost, but we don't need to talk about that. But um, it's 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 one of those that it's like where we I like you mentioned the quad one quad two thing with Wake Forest and State Carolina if they would have beat State by under what they did the first time that's a quad one win but they won by too much and it knocked them into a quad two win and that is crazy to me that that is allowed to happen and you're punishing teams for winning by too much get the hell out of here that makes no sense at all. Yeah, and the no, sad thing is they don't even really like use the 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 net rankings when the the committee <laughs> yeah. is setting seeds. Like it's it's like it's pointless. The net rankings is almost pointless. And the only thing that they helps selectively you is just determining quad one and quad two. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it just it's just a flawed system. It, it is just bullshit. As it stands right now, according to the net. State would be better off playing 11 and 16 Ohio State than they would be playing 20 and 8 Duke at Cameron. How ridiculous is that? Yep. Completely stupid. They can't tell me that that, oh, yeah, well, this is a really good system. Like, I almost missed the RPI at this point. Yeah. And at least you can at least, uh, I think, use that more legitimate than you could the net rank. Well, you know the best system that has never been officially used, but it's been the most predictive of the VCS. VCS, <laughs> I think, was better than the CFP. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was. Like, I mean, there was way more parity. Like, different, different time. Thing, a relic of the past, right? But it's the Ken Palm rankings. You know that over the last six years, that the last six champions have been in the Ken Palm preseason top five, six straight years. That that at this point is a statistical trend, not an anomaly. It's not anecdotal at this point. Six straight years, pre- Ken Palm preseason top five determines the national champion, um, which was part of the reason why, Jordan, if you remember, I said preseason, be weary of Carolina because they were like in the top 15, top 12 of Ken Palm, but they were nowhere close to the top five. Yeah. I said the teams to watch, and some of these have held true, some have not, but the teams to watch were Virginia, uh, Villanova, Texas, Tennessee, and I can't remember the Gonzaga. Well, three of those are, you know, contenders. Yeah. Yeah. The only one that's really not, well, is Carolina and uh, Villanova. Yeah. You guys so. are forgetting a team. Who's that? But y'all, it's because y'all have been shitting on them. I heard y'all talk about them last week. The Houston Cougars, baby. <laughs> I got a plus 600 future on them right now, man. They're going all the way, baby. Let's go. But Kenshin, fellow state fan here, I have a question for you that I've asked my, uh, my other state fans uh, in person that I want to know if you have the same answer as me. I do find it a little eerie. The Houston's number one again. They're really good. It's 2023. It's 40 years after 1983. Suddenly, we're a pretty good basketball team, right? But... Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that's predictive of anything. That's just one of those weird sports things. But would you accept 40 more years without a basketball national title if we won one this year? Oh, if we're a six seed and they're a one seed, it's going to feel like 83, baby. But but that's all would, I'm going to say. Would you would you accept a national title if we met 40 years without? 
I mean, I would accept any national title. All day. We go another 40 year drought. I'll probably look, let's be real here. I'm probably not going to live another 40 years. So let's go (laughs) while we can, dude. I will take it. Worry about today, not tomorrow. (laughs) No, definitely, dude. I would totally take that. I I would 100% take it. It's starting to feel like 83 if it's, if they're a a six seed seed and they're a one seed. And we're a six seed. Yeah. Yeah. I probably won't be probably won't be for the rest of you listeners, but you, you know, so it, to, to quote dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I, uh, I, I would, I'm not going to say that. I hope you guys get an national championship because I do not. I absolutely do not. I would be the most insufferable sports fan for at least one calendar year. <laughs> one calendar year. Because uh, all of you that have won a Carolina national title would deserve it. And I would feel no remorse for I would probably wear that national title shirt so much that there'd be a hole in it by the end of the year. And I would well, go I would around be, like, oh, hey, it? Logan Deaver, national champion, 2023 NCAA men's basketball. Why would we deserve it? Why would we deserve it? Yeah, because your fan base is the most insufferable bunch of elitist folks oh, I've ever met in my life. That's hypocritical. That's hypocritical. <laughs> We're not elitist. <laughs> no, you're not elitist, but you're insufferable. We're elitist. We ain't even we ain't close elitist. to elitist. No. Now, you said we're insufferable. To quote Oasis, some might say. But anyway, here's Wonderwall. Uh, you're definitely. Uh, oh. I, and I have some I have some fans. I don't have really that big of an issue with either one of you two on this podcast and the state fans. Or really, some of our listeners, but there's quite a few that I just absolutely hate and it ruins the fan base, which is why I'm sure for you it's the same way with. Well, no, I can podcast. tell you who my new nemesis is, and he doesn't even know who I am, and I really don't give a fuck, but he's been annoying me because he's shown up on my Twitter timeline too much. It's this dumbass UNC fan named Hunter Oakley. Yeah. At me at Cold Can Sports, bro, if you happen to hear this. But this guy's been showing up as recommended for you, recommended for you. He's been talking about how he would be in jail if he had been at the Ice Pack uh, game versus the Heels and everything. He's just so insufferable. I've been getting angry sitting at my desk at work reading his stupid shit on Twitter. <laughs> I'm really glad. That <laughs> it's a random ass yeah. UNC fan that is just, I have been getting irrationally angry. <laughs> Hey, hey, Logan, there's an option on Twitter. If you click one of those little bars up at the top of one of his tweets and you click it and you this drop down menu comes up and it says block this person. All you got to do is just click that button. What's the fun? In you'll that? never have to see that dude ever again. What's the fun in that? Sometimes you, just, you need to get a rise. You don't want to see it on your timeline anymore. I've been. Uh, I don't. Been but I do. Julius Hodge. It's no big deal. Hey, Jordan has been blocked by Julius Hodge. I've been blocked by Nolan Smith, but you know that's, that, that that's was a weird one to be blocked by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I weren't you blocked by Dave Dorn at one point? So, I still am blocked by Dave Dorn, but that's a whole different other animal. <laughs> <laughs> Kenton went really on a donut Dave rant back one. in the day. <laughs> I I do not want to talk about that one on a recorded podcast. <laughs> not at, not at this point because you know we've been quite happy with him the last couple of years. <laughs> But either Some way, people have. Yeah. Kenton Some ain't going to be happy have. with nobody in football. But <laughs> you could, we could have Nick Saban to Raleigh. He wouldn't be happy. But anyways, let's let's get into a little bit of tournament talk before we do the State Carolina recap. So, Kenton, we talked about last week. You heard the episode. Who were our, like, uh, four number one seeds as of last week? I'm curious as to who you have currently as the four number one seeds. 
Well, again, I have a plus 600 future on Houston to win the national championship this year. So, you know, I got them as number one. Uh, Right now, barring any kind of crazy legal circumstances, I got Alabama as another number one. We could talk about that at another point, what they got going on. Uh, The next one, I got Purdue just because – you know, the, the committee is going to love a Big Ten team, and Zach Eady is a beast. They're probably going to run through the Big Ten the rest of the way. They're probably going to get into that, and they'll just be the number one. They'll, they I, I, If I had to point one right now, they would probably be the overall number one seed. And then the last one seed, I think it's a toss-up between Kansas or – I don't really want to put Texas, but I think I'm going to put either Kansas or Texas, whoever wins the Big 12 tournament between them two. Yeah, that Texas is my dark horse for the number one as it stands right now. Uh, right now, I, I have Houston from change from last week to this week. I do have Houston solidly at a, as a number one seed right now. I have Kansas. I have Alabama and Purdue. Alabama, I think, is going to fall. I do think they're going to drop a seed line. Um, now the question is, does the big 12 get two number one seats? I think it's very possible. I think it's the best league in college basketball this year. Um, but there, there are some other people in the mix. Now, Jordan, has your thoughts changed week to week after, you know, the last week of games? And obviously as we, you and I said last week, we still got three games left. we got the conference tournaments. It's a lot of time between now and selection Sunday, but as it stands right now on, uh, February 21st, who are your four number ones? Uh, and I, I don't think I had Houston in last week, and I, I still don't. I'm just American hater, I guess. Um, American conference hater, not America hater. That, just that's, to be clear. that's your alma mater. Conference. <laughs> please, please specify that again. I was there for four that's years. That's his alma mater conference. I was there for four years. I enjoyed my time there. That's it. Uh, I have Purdue as, as a number one seed. I have. Uh, Actually, I have Texas as a number one seed. I think they're going to get in as one. Um, I have my number one overall seed is Kansas. And let me tell you why. Because they have 14 quad one wins. So if you're going by that, they have the most quad one wins in college basketball. They have 14. Um, And that was an interesting fact. I was watching uh, the Miami-Virginia Tech game, and a guy brought that up, and I said, wow, that's a great point. The other ones combined, the number one seeds that some of them had and the projected had 20 combined. So just with Kansas was 14. That's a very That's good point. Um, I want to point out that one of Kansas's quad one wins is against State. <laughs> yeah. Go on with the rest of your story. Uh, and the other was against Duke, I believe. Well, no, not the ACC actually bid quad ones. Oh, no, Kansas. the ACC sucks. Oh, no. Anyways. What did I say? Can- oh, Alabama's <laughs> my other one. Um, I, that's unfair. How are you good at basketball and football? It's not fair um, for Alabama. That's just – but anyway, we – you know, and so I was looking – another thing that pissed me off of Lenardi about the <laughs> – yeah, I'm just sorry. Edward, one more thing. I'm just – I was going through my stuff, and it made me came back. It, they had – they compared the ACC to the Mountain West. <laughs> And I was just irate listening to that gold. And Kitchen, I wish you could have listened to the uh, the broadcast um, that went on with that. But when I heard that, I was like, you have got to be shitting me. Like, they were comparing it to that. And right now, you know, 
nerdy uh, Joe has uh, ACC with five. I, I think that's pretty fair. I'm not going to say they deserve more than that. Um, the Big Ten has nine teams in. Ridiculous. How does that ha- How does that happen over the Big Twelve, who has eight? That makes no sense at all to me. I mean, that, the big the Big Ten should have. I, sure, they can have more than the ACC, but they shouldn't have more than the Big Twelve or the SEC. So, who are opinion. the five that they have in right now? It's uh, Pitt, State, Hang on, let's see. Virginia, Duke, Miami. Virginia, Miami, Pitt, State, Duke. That's it right now. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Carolina's on the last one in, or last one out, or first four out, whatever they want to call it. Um, and Clemson's on the bubble. Yeah, and they're in a massive spiral. I don't have a problem with those. I, I, don't, I don't think he's wrong on those. Um, but, so... But to tell me on the broadcast that the, that Virginia was not as good as Tennessee uh, makes no sense to me. Give me Virginia against Tennessee all day, every day. Especially uh, in the tournament, because much as I'm a Rick Barnes guy, love Rick Barnes, love his hatred for Dean Smith and UNC, but that's a side point when it comes to tournament success. Rick Barnes is not the guy. Yeah. And so I guess the Big Ten is including, by this, including Rutgers in. Rutgers. And so, but and there's no way Michigan gets in. I, I don't see it at 15 and 12. How do how do they get in? And yeah, because you're you're guaranteed at least another couple losses unless they win the Big Ten tournament. So yeah, that's it's just weird. It was like how Ohio State was like ranked really high in the net rankings, and they have a sub 500 record. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way the Big Ten is is judged is is preposterous in my book. The love the Big Ten gets, I do not understand, never will. I, I just I think they're a very like underachieving, overrated conference overall, football and basketball. Like it just their their football programs are not that impressive. Sorry. They're just not. Their basketball programs are less impressive. You have Purdue this year. Everybody else is very mediocre, but because of the way the net is set up, if they choose to count the net, everybody is so highly ranked in the net that everybody has so many quad one opportunities, right? So they're getting a boost from that. I think it's all just a big cluster. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to stomach a lot of this stuff that he does with the brackets. And I, like I said, I'm not being biased at the fact of, you know, because I know Carolina's out. That's uh, something I can accept. Carolina can get back in with four wins. Or just win the ACC term. Or that, but yeah, that's obviously a given. But I'm saying like a combination of when two of the last three, one of the last three plus either two or three in the ACC tournament, Carolina gets yeah. back in just because of name recognition. So they yeah, they play Notre Dame tomorrow night. So that's they, one win. They play at, or no, Virginia comes to Carolina, then play at Duke. And then they play. They play Florida State again. You don't play at yeah. Duke. You play Duke at home. Duke at home, and then you play at Florida State. Oh uh, yeah, you've got three wins right there. You went. You win those three, but because of the weakness of Notre Dame and Florida State, and plus Florida State. at least one win in the ACC tournament, I think you get back in. Two wins, you're definitely in. You may yeah, be like an eleven seed, but you'll be in. Yeah, we were eight seed last year. So, and, and also. 
Also, March Madness loves TV ratings. Can you imagine a first four with Carolina and Kentucky or Carolina and Michigan? The TV execs would be all over that in a heartbeat. <laughs> they would take that over, you know, Colorado State and Carolina. You know, yeah. they're going to be after that anyway. So you have that on your side. I hope so. 100%. Uh, just for the fact of, I don't care what damage we do, just get in so I don't have to listen to this shit anymore. Uh, but so let's let me let me go into we're going to talk about the the bubble teams, um, and maybe I had it while I have it pulled up here. So the last four buys are um, Memphis, Boise State, which I don't know a whole lot about these, so I can't speak a whole lot. Oklahoma State. And West Virginia. Those are the last four buys, um, according to our Joey Nerd. <laughs> well, West Virginia should should be over Oklahoma State now in my book. I know okay. West Virginia's conference record is like five and ten. So like why are we even considering these guys in the tournament to start with? But they boat raced Oklahoma State yesterday. I also right? think it's it wasn't I even close. Eleven to twelve of their losses are to quad one ten quad one teams. So I think they're taking that into consideration. Yeah, I, but I, I'm with you. I don't when you play head to head against a team to send the last, you know, chances in, you beat them, you should be in over them, is my opinion. But if you want to go by the net ranking, I guess we're not. You beat them uh, if you have similar resumes. If you don't, then I don't think that one game determines you get it. Right, right. But being how they're both sitting here the last four buys, you would think it would have a little significance in it. Uh, Memphis, I don't really know a whole lot about, so I can't vouch for that because I haven't watched any of the games or Boise State. Uh, I can't tell you anything about them either. Um, the last four in total, so they'd be playing what the first four or whatever when they be playing that if it stands today. Um, yeah, Nevada, Mississippi State, USC, and Wisconsin. Um, I don't think I think USC is an actual pretty sneaky good team. I'm not going to say they deserve to be in outright like that, but they're not a terrible team. They might be, but I think the Pac-12 is really weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with you on that. Now Wisconsin's interesting to me because average record at best, but according to if we're going to judge it by what they claim they judge it by, their net. Uh, ranking their net like quadrant wins, not a bad situation to be in if you're Wisconsin. Right. So they could, because of the perceived prowess of the Big Ten conference with the Rutgers, um, and their net ranking and their record against quad one and everything, like I, I can see them getting in with a lesser record than a ACC team with a better record. Right. Like if it's down to Wisconsin or UNC, I think Wisconsin gets the nod, even though UNC has a better record. Right, but they have a better – they have more um, things going for them than Carolina does right now other than name recognition. Yeah. Um, and I'll be the first to admit that with you. Uh, so we got the first four out, Carolina, College Charleston, New Mexico, and Utah State. I don't know nothing about but the College Charleston and Carolina. Um, you know, College Charleston – they got to win their tournament anyway. That's how one of those teams, the CAA gets in. Um, and so they are, in my opinion, they've looked like the best one in that conference. Um, 
So they they're in the driver's seat there. Other than Townsend and UNCW, I don't really think they have a whole lot of uh, competition there that would give them any trouble. No, because like you know, they there was a, a I guess a campaign is the proper term for it, but it was uh, on Twitter about a month or so ago when College Charleston was ranked that it was going to be a hashtag two bid Colonial Conference, and I knew that was going to never going to happen because. Yep. Say say Charleston was still ranked right now and didn't lose you know three or four games like they have done here recently in in conference play, Towson or UNCW wasn't going to sneak into that last spot. So I do agree. I think College Charleston has fallen off. I think teams have figured out Pat Kelsey, and they and they don't have the little home field advantage by having their conference tournament being played in their backyard in Charleston this year. It's being played in D.C. So, Charleston's probably you know maybe a sneaky favorite to to win their tournament, but but they're definitely on the outside looking in when it becomes a, an at large bid, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see. I don't really see, like you said, unless they stuck with being ranked. I don't see a CAA team getting an at large bid. I don't see that at all. Um, you got to win your tournament. I hope it's UNCW. Uh, I don't know if we'll go back. We went last year for my brother's manager senior year and they ended up losing Delaware bastards. Um but uh it was a fun tournament. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, what I'm used to with the ACC tournament stuff, but it was still a fun tournament to be a part of. That's that's one thing you and you and I have in common. We both have brothers that are UNCW alumni. So like I, I tend to pull for UNCW, but I am not gonna sit here and pretend like I pay attention to what they do because no offense to the CAA, they're irrelevant in my mind. So don't know much about College of Charleston. Only know the baseline about UNCW. What I do know is about North Carolina. And while I don't think North Carolina is a quote-unquote bad team, they're, what's going to hurt them is they're 0-9 against quad one teams, right? right. That's going to really be dragging them down. Now, what does Carolina have going for them? The fact that North Carolina is on the front of their jersey. I still firmly believe they win three to five games uh, between now and and the ACC tournament, including the tournament games, they're in. They may be a low seed, but, you know, when that North Carolina is on the front of your jersey, you know, that, that carries some weight with the committee. Yeah. And if Carolina gets to the, you know, say they're a seven or eight seed, you get to Friday in the ACC tournament, you've won, you know, against a top four seed to get there. So that helps your, you know, yep. helps your resume out a lot too. So, so win about three or four of these last couple of games of the season, get to Friday in the ACC tournament, and Carolina is out of the first four, in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, we kind of laid that out um, about how they have to get there, and you know, I'm sitting here saying this as a Carolina fan, but would you, if you have, you know, if Carolina sneaks in there, they're experienced, they're not playing well, they haven't played well. They haven't played to their capability all year. Um, but if they sneak in there and get in your bracket, that's not something I'd want to see in a bracket. Um, their experience, uh, they're not they're not intimidating like they used to be. They're not. This um, may be a hot take, but I'm not afraid of Carolina this year if I'm anybody in the tournament outside of a 16 or a 15 seed. Uh, the reason I say that is because this Carolina team looks disjointed. They look like they have no chemistry. Carolina last year, everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, last year they started rough and then they had that magical tournament run, tournament run, but they started playing much better by mid-February. 
or late February now. They've lost two straight. They do not close out games well. They do not go to their uh, strong point offensively by letting Baycott touch the ball every single possession. I don't, I'm not afraid of this North Carolina team. Another year might be a different story, but this year's team, not afraid of them. I think you, uh, I think we got, I think the chemistry thing is a big problem. And I think you got yeah. too many players and it's one basketball and they get away. They get bored with going into Baycott is the problem. I, th- I think Caleb Love is too much of a modern basketball player who doesn't like dumping the ball in. I think Caleb, I like, I'm, he may be a very nice kid. So I'm not denigrating the guy as a human being. Just want to be clear about that for the internet. But on the basketball court, I think Caleb Love is the problem. It might be part of it. I mean, I think Carolina's big problem is this year is they have no Brady Manic on this team. Like Pete Nance, quote unquote, took Brady Manic's spot, and he's nowhere close to being the player that Brady Manic was. Brady I mean, Manic you saw that last year. Brady Manic beat Duke twice last year. You saw that last year in the tournament when they played Baylor and Brady mm-hmm. Manic got ejected. I mean, that game completely turned around and they almost lost it. Yeah. So, point example. 100% agree. 100% agree on that. I I will repeat for the fourth time Brady Manic beat Duke twice last year. Without Brady Manic on the floor, they do not beat Duke either of those times. He was the catalyst for that team. I didn't realize how much of the glue he was, but he is. Yeah. And, And having him gone and, you know, Oh, Pete Nance is supposed to step in. Pete Nance can't even hold his jock strap to no. put it like that. I mean, it, it's not even close. Uh, and it's very disappointment. And it's probably going to go down as the worst transfer in North Carolina history, which is not very big. I'm telling you, it's coming. He is terrible. Man <laughs> <Maybe>. can't score. <laughs> yeah, um, he did hit that one three against State. Yeah, whoop de doo Justin, Justin McCoy is given a run for his money there. Yeah, that Justin dude McCoy is, is quite completely – He's like lost in the bench. Like I had to look on the roster to make he was make sure he was still there and didn't just transfer at the midway of the season. I kind of wish he did. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> every time I see him on the floor, which I don't hardly anymore, except for blowout time. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, what the hell are we doing? But I have a lot of questions with Hubert's rotation. I really do. I don't like uh, us playing him, Nance, over the nickel guy. Um, was it Justin Nickel, right? I don't remember what is Tyler. Tyler, 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 Tyler Nickel. Nickel. Uh, or we're not playing Styles. I don't like that at all either. Um, well, but, you you Carolina fans are not used to a short rotation. I'm a fan of a short rotation because I think your best players need to play the majority of the minutes. But I'm also Coach K disciple my whole life. But the Roy system was play ten guys. Yep. Play ten guys. There's some there's some validity to that, but. I think it's tougher for you guys. That's a tougher pill for you guys to swallow because you're not used to a short rotation. But no, things I'm are not, going well. I'm not at all. And then I'm not used to not to the guards running everything instead of going to the bigs. And that's what gets us in trouble, even with this team, is we go away from getting in down low and kicking it back out or letting everything feed through Baycott because Caleb Love wants to take over him on the Caleb Love show. And that has been a problem. Um, he's not consistent enough to be the guy. No, he's not. He's got the talent, but he's not consistent. He's the same way with Terquavion Smith. He's not consistent enough to be the guy. 
There's a reason the DJ Burns emergence has been a big deal for us because Jarko Joyner had, goes missing about once every four games. But otherwise, he's pretty consistent. Casey Morsell up until the last couple has been steady Eddie for us all year. Uh, DJ Burns emergence has been huge because Terquavion can hit six straight or he can miss 10 straight. It's just reality yeah. of it. Dude's electric, but he also can, he's very streaky. The uh, So those were the first four out of that. So we have the next four out, Oregon, which I will never do any say anything good about <laughs> Oregon as much as they have screwed everybody. <laughs> Um, Arizona State, Texas Tech, and Penn State. Um, I've watched some of these teams, but nothing enough. Um, I think Texas Tech is actually on has been a little streaky here lately, got a couple of wins. Um, Oregon, I don't really watch them. Arizona State, isn't the Hurley guy still there? Yeah, yeah, Bobby Hurley. I don't want to pull for him. Um, but I think of those just all-time assist I see. leader in NCAA history. Uh, you don't even like them anymore. Um, Doesn't matter. Uh, Bobby Hurley, game respect game. I'm not respecting him. Um, <laughs> the Texas Tech says a lot about your fan base. I respect Ed Cota, who's up there in the assist totals. But you know, I digress. Continue. <laughs> I was wondering if we go ahead and hear your "I digress" coming through. <laughs> Um, I mine is Texas Tech that comes out of there. I think if they have to, I I don't really know a whole lot more about the other Penn State. Um, but I think Texas Tech is a little better than their record leads on, and um, I think they might have something to say if they sneak in there. Probably because yeah, I think I, the strength I, of the Big Twelve says that. Yeah, I agree with you. Texas Tech was a was a top 25 team coming into this season. And then I think they had some locker room issues, some chemistry issues, you know, a guy coming back and going in and out of the transfer portal. So it was kind of just a, just a, just a whole is outside factors that uh, helped them not have the best season that they normally would have. So I could see them picking it up here at the end of the season, steamrolling, maybe sneak their way into the tournament with a couple wins during the big 12 tournament. Uh, Kenton, me and Logan talked about this last week. Um, but I feel like I'm looking forward more to the Big 12 tournament than I am the ACC tournament just because I'm ready to watch so many good teams play basketball. I mean, it has been a pretty electric tournament the last couple of years. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the ACC tournament's always my favorite tournament to watch, and especially when it's in Greensboro like it is yeah. this year. You know, I'm always going to watch every single game in the ACC tournament. Try to go if I if I could possibly you know swing some tickets and get up there, and, but yeah, definitely always keep an eye on the Big Twelve tournament. You know, George, or Logan talked junk about the Colonial Conference, but that's a fun mid major tournament to watch too. You know, always watch UNCW because old Spencer and 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 the boy Thomas. You know, we always we've been in Trask a few times, trashed in Trask, as I like to call it, <laughs> and uh, get a little rowdy watching those games. So, you know, it, it, March is always fun. I'm looking forward to – Yeah, I didn't even realize until this week that March literally starts on, th- what, Wednesday or Thursday? So, I mean, it's it's right here at us, boys. I mean, it's, it's almost tournament time. It's going to be a lot of fun basketball here in the next couple of weeks. 100%. 
And we'll uh, me and Logan will be on my bachelor party for the first week of March Madness. Sure. So just chalk that up with the Biloxi. Chalk that at the casino. We're gonna be at the casino. Chalk that. <laughs> chalk oh, that Biloxi. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun there. That's gonna be that's gonna be lit. It'll be my first time gambling on sports. Oh, uh, we'll let, me, let me just say, let me just say, it's it's so much fun. Oh, but I always put is. your. Uh, put your winnings in one pocket and the money you're going to spend on in another pocket, but don't merge the two pockets together because <laughs> then you'll have no money in each pocket. That's the only thing I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, that's enough tournament talk, enough of Jordan saying uh, Joe Lenardi or whatever you were calling him. Uh, let's talk a little NC State versus UNC recap. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that Carolina was 0-6 over the last week against uh, NC State in all sports. Women's basketball, wrestling, hockey, men's swimming, women's swimming, and the one that we're going to talk about, men's basketball. Uh. I'm just saying, (laughs) 0-6. You know, when they say it's a good day to be a Tar Heel, not this week, my friend. It was not a good day to be a Tar Heel. Good day to be a part of the pack. Oh, as Dave Portnoy was in this pool in Boston. So let's talk a little bit of the game. Jordan, I know this was not the game you want to talk about much, but we got Kenshin on. Um, Jordan, normally to the victory goes goes the spoils, but we talked a little bit at the beginning with a little bit of smack. So we're going to be gentlemen here. I want to get your take on the game. Let you go first. Yeah. you know, I I got to say it was a rowdy atmosphere that I could tell from TV. Um, wasn't there, um, but you, you kind of expected that. I mean, did you didn't expect anything less of that? Um, I think that Carolina came out and at first took a little bit to get going, um, and then you know they settled in and all the all the stuff happened. And then Carolina starts going into Baycott. And doing what they do, and it worked. And um, then they were getting jump shots when they double t- when state double team Baycott. Well, then all of a sudden, um, we get away from that, and state couldn't miss in the second half. And so it really made it a point that it was just so frustrating because what do you do? And it wasn't even like most of those shots were uncontested. Um, there were some that were questionable defense, but. Uh, the one that Joiner hit in the corner, he like stutters because he's like, oh, I don't want to shoot this right before the timeout's called when y'all go up seven with like three minutes left. And I'm like, damn, there's no way he's going to hit this. And boom. And I was just like, dude, this is just so deflating. But I had money on it, so it really didn't sting so much because I did get $130 richer off of that. So I was a little okay to stomach that. I just wish we would have beat you guys. So I don't have to listen to this shit that I always have to listen to now. All right, Kenny Brackets. Uh, what's, Kenny Brackets. <laughs> what's your take on the game? Oh, I'm definitely changing my name on Twitter on March 1st back to Kenny Brackets. <laughs> like I do every March and April. Uh, let me just say, first and foremost, that once again, I'm wearing my sunglasses during this taping of this podcast just because you just got to wear your sun, 
the future's looking bright for the boys. And also, it's a little so, jab at Baycott for a little talking, a little trash after the first game. You know, Logan, you can uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, like, so Baycott decided, and very, very much poor taste, I will say. Um, we had DJ Burns night. There was a gift that got out of the team celebrating after a win against a random ACC opponent. And the teams were were wearing the, wearing their sunglasses, but DJ Burns was dancing with it. Became a gift. So we had DJ Burns night at PNC Arena, where team was wearing sunglasses. It wasn't anything more than that. It was made out to be more than that by UNC Twitter. UNC beats us eighty to sixty nine in the uh, the first game of this year of uh, this year series, and then Baycott decides after Turquavion Smith was taken out on a stretcher. Thank God. He wasn't actually hurt that bad, but medical protocol required him being taken out on a stretcher because it was a neck injury. Decided to wear the sunglasses, and they said, why are you wearing the sunglasses? And he goes, to his credit, he goes, well, you know, Turquavion's a nice guy, good player, but I wanted to be able to, you know, throw a little shade and says, so you guys know why I'm wearing them. Poor taste. Didn't know what was happening with the guy in the hospital at that point. Thank God he was okay. but. He was fine in hindsight. But yeah, Kenton, to your point, Baycott decided to wear sunglasses to throw shade at the guy that was taken out on a stretcher. So, in other words, I'm just throwing a little shade back. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say, Jordan. But I will. I was the only one out of this group right here that actually was in the PNC Arena on Sunday. And I got to say that the, the, the atmosphere was electric from the get-go. When I got to my seats about 10 minutes to go before uh, tip, you know, they have these videos that they, you know, show over the screen and all. And they had uh, a video of them and the, uh, the state players in the tunnel. And, you know, typically when they do that, they're always dancing, having a good time, getting loose in the, in the, in the tunnel, doing what typical college kids do. And then when they got back out there on the court, Going through the layup lines, Breon passes Gridian on the at there at half court. Traquavian Smith is dancing. You know, DJ Burns has got his great you know five star personality you know on display. You know, going behind the back and layups and stuff. I looked at Thomas, my boy that was sitting with me. I said, "Man, these boys are loose." I said, "State money line is the play right now." I said, "It's on from there." And for the most part, you know, got to give it credit where credit's due. Carolina hung around in the first half. You know, it was only a one-point game at, at halftime. You know, Carolina was hitting shots. State wasn't hitting shots. It's a law of averages. So, in the second half, State was hitting shots. Carolina wasn't. We got hot right there at the end. I will say it was the loudest I've heard the PNC in quite some time. I sit up in the rafters. I'm in section 300s. You couldn't even hear the whistle. The only way you knew that was a foul call was when the referee, old TV Teddy, Jordan's boy, would throw mm-hmm. up that arm and say that was a foul on somebody. You couldn't hear the whistle at all. I mean, it was just, it was an insane atmosphere. I would have loved to have been there as a college student, you know, rush, or they didn't rush the court, but I'm sure they rushed the bell tower and hung out up there for a while. We would have been in the parking lot, Logan, throwing cornhole boards, drinking a couple of them uh, cold snacks. And yeah. yeah, yeah, a couple of cold snacks out there that afternoon. And we probably wouldn't have gone to class 
uh, on Monday. So overall, great game. I always love it when we beat Carolinas. Not a lot of times, but hey, the tide is a turning. You never know what might happen in the next couple of years. That's what I'm saying because you know Coach K's gone, Roy is gone. Like uh, you don't know. You don't know. I'm not saying anything's changed, but I'm saying you don't know. Like this year, things are a little different. We got to rebuild the roster, but then again, so do you guys. So there's a rebuilding process for everybody in the triangle right now. Duke's probably in the best scenario for next year, depending on who they keep. We'll see. But my take on the game is, you know, it was a very like closely contested game for a majority of the game. I know that Jordan rightly complained about his team having 13 turnovers, us only having two, but that wasn't the difference in the game because in the last eight to nine minutes of the game, Carolina only had two turnovers or it may have been even one, but it was one to two turnovers in the last eight to nine minutes of the game. State had like one. So it was pretty close in that time frame. Now, UNC, as per the usual, had a pretty hefty free throw attempt advantage. And so I think I consider both of those a wash. The turnovers versus the free throws, kind of a wash. We got points off turnovers. They got free throws. What the real difference in the game was, was that 9-0 run that turned into a 15-2 run that NC State went on to close out the game. We hit shots. They did. It's just old school basketball players decided the game wasn't the Zebras. Like, Jarkel Joyner was that dog. And I'm not going to lie, sitting there watching it on TV, on that that rebound that Terquavion Smith took the ball down the court, I, when I saw Jarkel go off to the left side and Terquavion throw that uh, lob for the alley-oop, I did not know Jarkel Joyner had those kind of bunnies, but apparently he did. And threw that down, the place went nuts. And that that pushed it to a 10-point lead at that point after a few big shots by some of the guys. I think that run was the difference in the game. It really was. It did come down to that, that 9-0 run. That was what separated the game because it was pretty closely contested until that point. Absolutely. That's, I mean, when you got the uh, state hitting shots like that, and um, I mean, it's not a whole lot you can do about it. And that's just was the difference in the ball game. And I hate but this, but after this podcast, I don't ever want to speak about this shit again. <laughs> yes, you are. We're going to replay this podcast forever. No, I know. Forever I went to ever. work the other day. I went to work the other day, Monday, and of course the guys I work with are watching the recap, and I'm like, "Why? Why does this shit always happen when y'all win?" And then when Carolina wins, I don't sit there. We don't watch the recap of the Carolina game or watch the rerun. We just go on like it's a normal day. I mean, are they Carolina fans? No. Well, that explains. It. But I'm a Carolina fan. Then why don't you watch it? Because that because it's just another day. Sure. Sure it is. Well, the, you. You didn't see the T-shirts? Just another day for us, too. I mean, just another rivals. game. We were told it's not a rivalry, yeah. right? That's yeah, right. yeah. You heard Keith in the post-game conferences. You know, Carolina wins are just as you know. I mean, it's just another ACC win. We're not rivals. That's right. We only have one rival sitting in Durham. <laughs> Either way, I will say overall is a very good game to watch. Um, back and forth, it wasn't like one team controlled from. From whistle to whistle, it it really was just, you know, a game of runs, <laughs> a game of runs. And Literally. we just happened to have the last run in that game. Like, because when the Carolina Sydney went Lowe. up six, I thought that it was over. I really did. 
Sidney Lowe somewhere shaking in his boots hearing about Game of Runs. I wish he was back. Nobody, no, nobody understands that joke, but that there's a few folks and they understand that joke. <laughs> All right, so, so we done with low jokes. We done with uh, we done with this shit. We done with state recap. So <laughs> we're, done with, we're, we're done with. I'm, I like how you said it, the state recap because that's pretty accurate. The man, look, hey. look, the man acts like you know he had money on Carolina. He had money on state. He won He's money. Become a state fan. Yeah, he won like, money. Yeah, like, come on, I'm man. a sick bastard. Taylor's man. right. Taylor's right. You're a man who's conflicted with yourself right now because you've been a Carolina fan your whole life, and now. You know, you got Logan influencing you, me somewhat influencing you. You you played state when you you know playing your team, the team that you've been cheering for your whole life, and now we beat you, and you're just sitting here like, well, let's move on to the next topic, guys. Move on to the next topic. I, I'm tired of hearing about state. Well, this is supposed to be a serious deep podcast. Deep down inside, let's not talk about inside, this anymore. Deep down inside, we know that you're enjoying this. Because you're going to become a state fan. Because he knows that. That he knows that his people reside in Raleigh. Exactly. We'll welcome you, Jordan. No, we'll I, I will state never. Jordan. I we, will never go to that. <laughs> he would call you either State Jordan or Wolfpack Jordan. I mean, like that would be your Wolfpack name. Wolfpack Jordan. Wolfpack yeah, Jordan. Yeah. WPJ. <laughs> WPJ on Twitter. I'd rather be anything else. There's a lot of things. I'd rather be the name I'm on the golf trip, but we'll talk about Jordan. that later. Wolfpack, uh, Jordan. Jordan. No, no, no. Wolfpack, so Jordan. All right, all right. So the the reason <laughs> I put money against me is because I'm a sick bastard. And so I want to be happy. Th- then you fit way. in with our fan base. We're all sick bastards. We lose too often for us not to be. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> He's there. He's I'll already there. We'll pa- the next time you tweet out on Cole Cans Pick'em, a state money line or a state point spread, I'm quote tweeting that shit. And I'm saying Wolfpack Jordan in the house. Wolfpack Jordan in the house. I guess I won't ever have to pick these bastards again. <laughs> I guess I won't ever pull a state money line. People, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Jordan, I will say, I do want to get one take from you before we go to pick them. I remember I was heading to the first game of the year. God knows, I don't remember what deaf, dumb, and blind team we played, but you texted me as Austin I was P. walking in. Was it the first game of the year? That's right. Nate yeah, James Austin was the P coach. Was first Austin game. P. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's yep. it. So you texted me. It was a pretty big line considering we just went 11 and 21 last year. Right. So you texted me and you said, I don't know if you know about this game or not. I was like, I'm walking into it right now. You said, should I pick state to cover? And I said, I'm cautiously optimistic that they will. They covered with ease. Then you started picking state to cover more often than not. And they were actually winning for you. So, you know, state won you some money this year. They have. And, you know, that I'm grateful for them winning me money. And I'm grateful. They kind of got me out of debt. I I really wish Carolina would have won, but they got me out of debt Saturday. So, It is what it is, I guess. You got to take it with the bad there. All right. Well, let's jump into the pick them. Yeah. Um, so Wolf this week, there's Jordan. Some, <laughs> this week, there's some uh, good games, especially in the ACC, but we'll get to those later on. Um, so we like to be respectable here. We'll let our guests go first. So, Kenshin, I'm going to give you the first game. When the Big 12, um, we'll go Baylor versus Texas. What do you think? 
I'm gonna, you, you gave me the list of uh, teams that you had up here. So I'm going to do a little twist with along with my picks. Since these games are on Saturday, the mm-hmm. lines aren't out yet. So I'm going to do a little opening line predictions with my Uh-oh. picks. Uh-oh. I think the line for Baylor and Texas is going to open with Baylor at minus two and a half. Okay. Favorites so far or in the past five times Baylor and Texas has played each other. The favorites have won five straight and it's been close margins. It was, you know, Baylor minus four, Texas minus three and a half, you know, little small single digit favorites like that. So I think Baylor being the home team, Baylor's kind of been struggling here lately. You know, teams who struggle on the road always seem to find it at home. So I think Baylor's going to win this game. And if my opening line projection is right, I think they cover that two and a half. But you guys don't have to take that two and a half or, or use these lines. I just, that's what I think it's going to be. I think Baylor, I think it's the line's going to open at two and a half, is what I think. I'll start calling you Vegas Taylor. Um, <laughs> just so you know, we pick money lines, Kenjin. So who's winning? Oh, uh, Baylor. Baylor is my pick. Okay. If Baylor covers that two and a half, Baylor's winning. Um, so I I'll I'll go next. I'm with you on this. Um Baylor just lost uh tonight. They're going back home. They're facing a Texas team rivalry game. Um Baylor could not afford to lose two in a row, which I guess neither could Texas lose. But I don't see Baylor losing two in a row, especially going back. Really would be three in a row because they lost to Kansas and blew that massive lead Saturday. Um, so I don't see them losing three in a row. So I'm going Baylor Bears. So this sounds very boring for the listeners, but I actually agree. Like, while I do think Texas is a dark horse for the one seed, and I do think they help their case if they win this game, uh, the Big 12 is a tough league. And Kenton brought up good points about the favorites, you know, winning in this series. So, um, Baylor Bears, my pick. I'm cautious on that pick. I'm not confident in it, but I do think Baylor wins. Very nice, Logan. I'm glad to see we're all agreeing, starting out the gate early. So uh, nice when we all agree on things. Isn't it, Jordan? Isn't so, Jordan? so much unity, not so much division. There's not <laughs> unity here. There's not unity here. Might be on the picks, but there's no yes, unity. Yes, it is. It, he's playing for show, America. It's really Wolfpack, Wolfpack Jordan. Wolfpack Jordan in the house. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, so next up, we got Logan's favorite conference and the miserable reckless crew, uh, the Big Ten. We got Indiana at Purdue. Um, I'll go ahead and start this one off. I think that, well, Indiana's losing as we talk about it tonight on Tuesday to Michigan State. Um, and they're going at Purdue. Uh, I'm going to go with the Boilermakers here. I think they're just a better team. Um, I think Indiana is much better at home than they are on the road. Sounds like most of college basketball. Uh, but just something about this Purdue team is special to me. And, uh, I think they have the inside game to match up and handle Indiana pretty good anyway, and it's at home. So I'm going to go with Purdue here. So, Logan, what you got? So I do think Purdue is probably one of the top five best teams in America. Um, they're a big guy. You know, you can't teach that, yeah. that size. And I, I've just been impressed with them all year. 
nobody's really been able to effectively shut him down. So I got the Boilermakers taking care of business. All right, Kenton, what you got, Kenny Brackets? Let's go ahead and make it a full sweep once again that the Boilermakers are going to win this one. Uh, last five uh, outright winners have won at home. So the home team has won five straight. I think the line projection is going to be about Purdue four. Indiana won the game earlier this year. It's mm-hmm. hard to beat a team twice, and especially when it's at Purdue. But give me Zach Eady. He's going to eat all day. Boilermakers going to definitely win, and then they're definitely covering that four, if that's what the line opens up. Well, so, you know, it seems to be a theme in college basketball that, and this is for helping out with sports get betting. But if you look and you saw a team lost the first meeting, more than likely, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen because the sweeps do happen. And I didn't think Kentucky would have swept Tennessee. But um, if if it loses the first matchup, more than likely they're going to win the second matchup. I mean, it's just I take my chances with that all day. And then I didn't even, I forgot that Indiana won the first one. So I didn't even take that into account. But now it really confirms my pick on that one. Um, so we got we go to the ACC now for the next four games. Um, we have Syracuse at Pitt. Uh, it's a sneaky good game. No ranked teams, but for the ACC, it's a good good matchup. Um, Logan, what you got here? This game is not at the JMA Wireless Dome, so give me Pitt and Jeff Capel to take care of business at home. I'm gonna stop being a hater and start believing in this team, which means they're probably gonna lose this week. America, but you know, they've proven themselves to me at this point. Um, if this game was in, in Syracuse, I would probably take the cues, but it's not. Give me a pet. Yeah, even though they shit the bet against Duke there at yeah. Syracuse. I mean, that was that was kind of I mean you both didn't have that pick. Um, I wouldn't have thought that at all was gonna happen last weekend, but it did. Uh Kenshin, what you got for Syracuse at Pitt? I got Pitt opening at minus seven and a half. Just, but it makes me a little nervous. Uh, they didn't play that well tonight against Georgia Tech. But Miles Kelly did have a good game tonight for Georgia Tech. But Pitt has what five or six fifth, six year guys on the team. Experience always wins at home. But I will point out that Syracuse so far this season is five and four on the road. So I wouldn't say they're road warriors, but in a year in the ACC when the road team doesn't win a lot of games, that's a kind of good record to have. So I would say Pitt's going to win, but I think if the line is seven and a half, I'm going to play Q's plus seven and a half on that one. So give me Pitt to win, but Q's to cover. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, if that line's anywhere around there, it's kind of steep. Um, but any anytime you go on the road and have a winning record anywhere in college basketball, especially this year, um, you've done something. And Pitt has the most road wins in the ACC, which so either way, maybe it would have made a difference. Um, but I'm going with Pitt here um, at home uh, with the fact that I think they're just a better team. Uh, Pitts isn't Pitt still fighting for the number the ACC regular season? Yeah, I believe they're either a half game or a full game back on Virginia right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're all close. So that's another thing that they have in their corner. Um, I'm with you. I think they shit the bed a little bit tonight. They didn't lose, but they definitely should have won by more than five or six um, against a terrible Georgia Tech team. But I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the Pitt Panthers here to win this game. So I do have one question to ask. I just saw on the ESPN ticker, Marquette is ranked tenth. Yeah, that surprises the shit out of me. Yeah, they've been really sneakily good. Um, yeah, I, I didn't realize a, a team I haven't heard much about this year. I don't know, and I didn't. I didn't really until you said that they were tenth. I didn't recognize they were tenth either. Too. Yeah. Um, but I know the point out. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. But I'm going to, I'm going to point out something that I've seen a lot on Twitter in the past couple of years where I've been following a lot of college basketball guys. There was a guy, I can't remember who it was, but he put up a hashtag said, don't trust Marquette. I'm not going to trust Marquette, especially this deep into February and March. They may be 10 now, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be 10 next week. Or in the week after, so which is fair. Take that it's with a, it's not. But 19, I haven't really watched. I haven't really watched a lot of Marquette either. So it's not 1977, I, and they're not playing the Tar Heels for the national title game. So, man, you knew that. We're just I'm destroying Jordan. Yeah, the Jordan will tell you that I know weird college basketball history. Random ass so stats. Random ass stuff. 1977 national champions Marquette over Carolina. Damn, we could have another one. Um, so we'll continue along in the ACC here. We got VT, Virginia Tech at Duke. Um, Virginia Tech lost another one tonight. Um, I really expected them to have a better showing against Miami tonight. Um, even though Miami's hot, they won seven straight. Um, but they kind of let me down a little bit. And now you're going to go on the road to Cameron. Um, I'll take this one. I think it's going to be Duke, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it could get double digits just from the way Duke's playing right now. And at home, um, I was hoping Duke was going to get upset by Louisville last night, but I wasn't that lucky. Um, but I, I just don't think it's going to be that close. So, uh, Kenton, what you got? It did. Louisville did make Duke fans a little nervous there for a little. For a little while. What was it? 18, 18 to nine at one point. Louisville. Yeah, I like that. Then Duke. Duke said, "All right, we're stop. You know, playing with our food. We're going to take historically this historically the worst team in the ACC. We can't lose at home." Yeah, Louisville's the best four win team left in the nation. Just saying. <laughs> um, so I did a little research on this game. So I looked back at Virginia Tech playing in Cameron Indoor. Ever since they've been playing at Cameron Indoor, which has been since the 40s, Virginia Tech has played there 19 times. They have only won one time in Cameron Indoor, and that was in 2007-2008. I don't expect that to make it too. Even though Virginia Tech has already beaten Duke earlier this year, I think Duke gets a lot of revenge out in Cameron on them. I would say the opening line is going to open around 12 and a half. I'm probably being very generous saying it's 12 and a half. And also Virginia Tech stinks on the road this year. They've only won one road game this year. They're one and eight. Give me the Dukies by 20. Hmm. So uh, 
while you were saying that they have only won once, 07, 08, they should have won in like 05, 06. Yep. Jordan, you remember the Sean Dockery shot? Yep. Yeah. Like, they should have won then. They didn't. But I will say, 1-8 on the road, Duke is also 14-0 at home. So, sorry to make this boring for you listeners, but it's the fourth straight game. We're going straight across the board. Give me the Blue Devils at home because 14-0 at home, 1-8 on the road. You can't convince me to pick the Hokies in this one. They're not defending the castle. Padula and the crowd are not the same on the road as they are at home. Blue Devils take care of business. Yeah, I am kind of looking for. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm just going to point this out real quick. Okay. I, I, I'm, I am looking forward to Grant Basile versus Kyle Filipowski. That's going to be a fun matchup. Will be see. fun. Yep, yep. Go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. I, no, you're good. Um, that was that 0506 was the time that my dad looked at me again and and said, "You can never pull against Duke." Because I was like, "Yeah, Duke's lost. I got this." And then with 1.8 seconds, he yep. hits the shot from half court. And completely destroys me, and never again will I say Duke loses before well, the clock. Hits what's it. funny about that is simultaneously, somewhere across town, while you were just like, "No," I was jumping up and down wearing a JJ Redick jersey, going, "Yes, yes." <laughs> so, you know, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, well, I was I, I learned a valuable lesson that day. Don't ever count Duke out. Um. So now we'll move on to y'all's boys teams. Um, yeah, y'all's boys. Uh, State at Clemson. Um, and you know I'll I'll go first just so I can let y'all have your time there. Um, uh, I think that Clemson they were pretenders a little bit. I'm not gonna say they're a terrible team because they're not. Um, but they had the hype. And we kind of bought into the hype a little bit. I did. Um, but now we're kind of seeing that they're not what we thought they were. Um, and don't get me wrong. The uh, Little John is not exactly the easiest place to go to. Uh, we're playing in PNC, though. No, I got it backwards in on my sheet. Yeah, you do. No, well, then I don't even know what the hell I'm doing <laughs> wasting my time. All right, state winning. Uh, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, why, why did I even go into <laughs> Damn, you could have stopped Wolf it. Wolfpack Jordan in the from this, from this completely rambling shit over here. We we uh, played there uh, the last game of 2022. We played a little, John. Uh, well, never mind. It doesn't matter, folks. It's going to be the Wolfpack winning PNC. All right, Logan, you go next. It doesn't matter. Y'all keep going because I think we're all going to agree here, too. Oh! Wolfpack in the house. Taking care of business against Clemson. All right, kids. Let's make it. it Let's make it three, baby. Wolfpack in the house, baby. So Clemson has won four straight against State. Now, I don't see it being five. I do think this is going to be a close game. I do too. I I do too. I think think the opening line is probably going to be another point-and-a-half favorite to State and kind of hang around there, you know, about two-and-a-half, maybe three by tip-off. Um, but Kevin Keats is a winner, and Kevin Keats loves revenge games. Cue the they damn got, video. They, they, got, <laughs> they got demoralized that last game of 2022. You know, they were just coming off of a kind of a bad December, really. So I think 
this team is getting hot right now at the right time. I think Clemson's getting cold at the wrong time. It's, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be another Wolfpack W. And it's also senior day, too. So it's going to be interesting to see who walks out on senior day. Because Burns still has another year of eligibility. Jack Clark still has another year Casey of eligibility. Marcel. Casey Marcel has another year of eligibility. Interquavion shooting know. himself out of the draft right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, he might be. You know, but he's, he, he's shooting forward. himself out of the first round. <laughs> he's not a fellow two-year uh, Ag Institute kid, so he's not getting recognized as a uh, as a senior. So, uh, but... You know, you don't know what you're going to do with Dusan Mahorich. You know, could he's he not, walk out? You know, I think, uh, he he's gone if unless he gets a medical redshirt. Yeah, yeah. So you never know. I think the only thing or Jarkel is walking out. So it's going to be a lot of guys walking out, but it's going to be a lot of guys. Who knows that they're coming back next year? But I think they're going to send them out the right way um, for those that are leaving or those that may be leaving. So give me the wolf back to win. Kenny, Kenny, I will say I think the only three that we lose, and really it's two because the other guy's been hurt since the Reynolds game, which I was there for. I think Dusan's gone. Don't think they're going to give him another year. If they do, that'd be awesome. But I do think that Traquavion and Jarkel are gone, which are big losses. I think Marcel and DJ Burns and Jack Clark are all back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing some things, and that's probably about – what what's probably going to happen? Yeah. Um, you'll probably lose a guy or two to the transfer portal. It's just how the how the game works. You know, people who are on the bench who aren't going to play a whole yeah. lot, they're going to try to find some other places to go to. So I agree with you. I think I think, but it only takes one NBA scout to look at Burns and say, "Hey, Very man, true. we can get you to come play with us, and you know, make a whole lot more money in the G League." But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll wait and see. Hopefully that NL kicks in. But anyways, I digress. Let's switch over to the heels. Yeah. Um, so I'll actually be in the building Saturday. Um, born to stomach virus I got that gets out of the way. Um, I think that I think this is obviously a must win, which the next ones are. I mean, literally every game for Carolina now. Every game's must. a must win at this point. Right. Um so Virginia beat Carolina by, you know, seven or eight. And I thought it was honestly, we lost Baycott in that game. Big, That was a big difference. We lost him two minutes in. Um, that makes a big difference in that game. Um, I think the fact that uh, Carolina played pretty well with them in Charlottesville makes me feel a little better about this. But I want to reserve my pick for the last. So who wants to go first of you two? I can't. Uh, Kenny I, don't. Yeah, yeah. You go. You go first, Logan. Because I don't know. If, I don't know. So, what I'm, I'm still bowling over, man. I have my pick, and I'm pretty confident in it. I don't know how familiar either of you are with pro wrestling terminology or any of our listeners, but in pro wrestling, there's a face which is the good guy. There's a heel that's a bad guy. When they switch, it's called a face turn or a heel turn. Let's call this the Logan. Heel turn on t- tailgate season because Tar Heels are winning this game at home. Backs against the wall. Don't keep a dog at bay. They got it in the bag, brother. Like I, I feel confident in money line Carolina. Why do, like he, why do I feel like he's doing this again? Money line Carolina. This <laughs> is the Logan LD heel turn, baby. You know, as the words of Dusty Rhodes 
the American dream. He said, I wind and dine with kings and queens and slept in the alley and ate pork and beans, baby. It's the Carolina Tar Heels taking down University of Virginia. I, I know what you're doing there, but I respect it. No, I'm, that's my pick. You actually picked, well, I, so you did pick Clemson, uh, Carolina and Clemson. You picked Carolina to beat Clemson. I did. I did, yeah. Um, we did you that. were against it, and I was like, no, they're winning at home against them. Yeah. All right, Kenshin, let's hear it. Kenny Brackets. Let me just point out that I also texted you that day and said Carolina's covering this spread easily. Yeah. And what did they do, Jordan? Uh, they covered. I didn't. I said no. So I'm just going to point that out. I had a nice little thing up here. I had the opening line at Virginia minus five and a half. I was going to be very mean and say, you know what? Virginia is going to just go into Chapel Hill. And, and, you know, dominate. be big and bad <laughs> and dominate because they're decent on the road. They are. Defense travels. They're six and three. They're six and three on the road this year. That's the best in the ACC so far. There's a reason why they're number one. But I think I got to agree with Logan. I'm going to go heel turn as well. UNC's due for a bounce back. They need <laughs> to get some good wins going into the tournament. It's going to be the heels. I think they they do not lose by more than five and a half points on Saturday. And it's also a night game, too. You know, things tend to happen a little crazy in, in the deep. There's no beer there. Time, so I, I, that doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying. Again, and if you guys don't get the reference, look it up on YouTube. It won't be hard. This is the equivalent of Kenshin. Dropping the leg on Randy Savage in 1996, Bash at the Beach, Hulk Hogan creating the NWO, baby. So, he'll turn Kenshin, he'll turn LD. What you got, Jordan? Uh, I'm going to be there. Um, so, I'm kind of kind of skeptical. But, like you guys said, this is a back-against-the-wall game. If you want to have a shot at March, this is your quad one. This is your big one. Um, but it doesn't matter. I'm going Wahoos. I'm going UVA to win this game. Um, one, because I know what I'm doing. Because the last couple of times I pulled against them, they do it. Um, but two, it's just because, I, like you said, defense travels. And when you have some problems that Carolina have, turning the ball over, um, getting bored uh, with beating it inside, Virginia doesn't get bored. They don't get bored with what they do. They do it well. They uh, we get bored with what they do, but they don't. Right. They and they've consistently done it. They t- keep teams under seventy points, and I don't think Carolina can score enough to keep to win that game if it's under seventy. Um, they don't play. Virginia brings you down to their pace, and Carolina Carolina's never played well doing that. And so that's what I think is the difference this Saturday. And that's why I think UVA wins um, and just buries me. And we hopefully hurry up to MLB baseball season and I can enjoy watching another team play because I'm tired of watching this shit. So you can watch another choke in the playoffs, but that's another sport. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about them again. But 27, 27 World Series. Who's the more recent World Series, but whatever. Uh, Oh, nine versus 2021. So suck it. Oh, the Braves. I forgot. I don't even know what you are. You're an Orioles fan or a Braves fan? I don't know. 
I have hey, man, the documentation hey, of being a Braves fan my entire life. We, we just want, don't don't bring the Orioles into this. We just want to make the playoffs. We just don't, sorry. Don't what do was this it? 19, 1982 for the Baltimore. Uh yeah, yeah. My, my, 81, all my teams suck. Like we, I, I haven't witnessed any of my teams win anything other than watching on ESPN Classic or on a videotape. I mean, it's it's pathetic. <laughs> well, that's fair. But either way, I will say that this is the first game, the UVA UNC game. Took a couple hill turns, but it's the first one we all disagreed on on this. So this is probably not the best pick them for the crowd listening, being like, oh, it's a bunch of chalk. But, you know, that's the way it goes. If you don't like it, you know where you can tell us. There's a link in the description that says click here to leave us a voicemail. You click that link, speakpipe.com slash cold cans. Click the button that says record. Tell us how much you hate everything that we did over this pick them. And then click send. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to respond. Can't. I will say, if if you're a fan of the fade and me and Jordan, you know who we're talking about. Just fade me and Jordan's picks on that what we agreed on, and you might make a little money with yourself. Good. You know, just saying, just saying. Or you might there is somebody who has been. There has been somebody that we both know who's been talking shit, saying that we're terrible gamblers. Yeah, but he, but he needs to come on this either. podcast. He needs to come on this podcast and say it to our face. That's all I'm going to say. Now, Mike, I think I know who you're talking about, but if it is, he doesn't even gamble anymore. He forgets to put picks in if it's who I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com, for blog content and merch. Pick up a tailgate season hat and T-shirt. Pocket tees, comfort color, super comfortable. The hats, you know. Not going to lie, best deal on the internet. You're going to get one, $22 plus tax and shipping. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, Check out that. And, you know, for this episode of Tailgate Season, where it's always a bad day to be a beer, presented by the Cocaine Network, I am Logan sitting here with Jordan, who, you know, bad day, bad week to be a Tar Heel, but that's just one week. Uh, Plus, our boy, Cocaine's contributor, Kenny Brackets. See you next time.